Welcome to another edition of Dentalpreneur Secrets, where we help you build an amazing life of significance so you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. But to do that, you got to focus on what's important. You've got to focus on what matters, and you've got to free up your time so that you can really do the important things. And that's what today is all about. And I am so excited to have Nathan Hirsch, the founder of Outsource School and Free Up, and he's here to share with you how you're going to be able to reclaim your time by using virtual assistants. And, and the reason I'm so excited about today is by the time we finish our conversation, you're going to really know why anything is possible with virtual assistants. That's right. Anything is truly possible. You're going to have a new mindset and a new way of thinking about working with your team and building those virtual assistants so that you can reclaim that time. And you're going to have some tactics that you can go back and implement right away. But even more importantly, you're going to leave feeling empowered to achieve your most important goals. Wow, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Nathan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a while that we've been planning this, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, this is one episode I am so excited to, to share what, what's in your head with our audience, because I know that dentists who are running a solo practice or multiple practices, there, there's going to be something in here that they can walk away with and use right away. And so so share with us just a little bit about your background in, in, in outsource school, free up, right? How did you get started doing what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm a, a longtime entrepreneur. I started selling textbooks out of my college dorm room, which uh, led me down the path of selling on Amazon. Got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to stop competing with their bookstore and that made me pivot. So I started doing a lot of trial and error to see what I could sell on Amazon. This was uh, 2008, 2009, when Amazon was just bursting onto the scenes. And I mean, I finally, after six months of trying every single product you could imagine, I figured out the niche of baby products that was very profitable at that time. So I started drop shipping baby products on Amazon. I had to be one of the first thousand people on Amazon doing that. And we grew, we grew fast. We sold hundreds of thousands of dollars that first year, eventually millions uh, out of my college dorm room. We had to start hiring people. We, we started off hiring college kids who were really unreliable, which led us down the path of hiring our first virtual assistant and kind of seeing that as a, a better hiring solution. And we spent years coming up with a really good hiring process, which led us to create a freelance marketplace called FreeUp that we scaled for, for four years and that was acquired. And now through our, our membership outsource school, we teach entrepreneurs, our systems, our processes that have allowed us to scale businesses incredibly lean. So that's the quick version, but I went from books to baby products to a freelancer marketplace to outsource school. Really? So just kind of following that, that entrepreneurial journey. And I, I almost find it a little ironic that you, you got a cease and desist from your college instead of an A plus in business. I mean, that to me is, is wild. Yeah, I mean, I was going to school for business. So you'd think that they would uh, encourage that. But I think colleges are, are all for profit now and anything that takes away from their profit, no matter who it helps, I, I don't think they're interested in. Yeah, no, very, very true, right? So, so here you are, right? You're growing that Amazon business. You're, you're working at college. You said you'd made kind of a, a few, you know, hires here. And, and then you, you realized you wanted to start looking at, at virtual assistants. What, what was the thought process behind that, right? What, what was kind of that epiphany you had to help lead you down this road? 
Well, the thought process was that college kids were, were really making the business struggle. I mean, I had to remind them to wake up for their shifts. They weren't doing a good job. They didn't really care about the company. And a buddy of mine who ran a side photography business said he had a virtual assistant from the Philippines and that I should try it out. So I hired uh, my first VA, totally random, got lucky, didn't really have a good interview process. Uh, her name was Chicky Ann. And she, she was a rock star. I've been working with her for eight plus years. I'm like the godfather of one of her kids. And I kind of saw the, the, the writing on the wall that, hey, if I could find 10, 20, 30 people like Chicky Ann, like I could have them run all different parts of my business at an affordable price. And this was a, a great solution to my problems if I could figure it out. Well, I hired my next few VAs, which were not as good as Chiki Ann. And I learned that, okay, you can't just hire any VA. You have to hire good VAs and you need a process for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing them. And we set out on a mission over the next few years to really fine tune that process so that when we hired someone, we weren't just crossing our fingers. We knew, hey, this person is going to be a rock star and we need to, um, we need to find more people like this. So that's really what we teach at Outsource School now is all these systems and processes that once we figured out, changed our life and allowed us to, to sell millions of dollars online, run very lean businesses, have one of our business acquired and, and really take the stress out, out of being an entrepreneur. Wow. And, and right when you were doing this, Nathan, there was no one really leading the way like, like you have, right? You know, I'm, I'm a member of Outsource School, full, full disclosure. Uh, and, and in there, there's playbooks on, on how to do this stuff step by step by step. You didn't have those step by step guides, did you? Well, that's kind of the, the concept behind Outsource School is we, we wish we had those step-by-step -step guides. I mean, we spent years trying every interview question, every onboarding process before figuring out ours, but it would have been a lot easier to pay 97 bucks a month or 997 for the year, just get access to all this stuff that we could have plugged into our business. And, and that's the common theme. I mean, when we built FreeUp, we, we wanted, we wish there was a better marketplace than Upwork and Fiverr. So we went out and we built it. Um, that, that, to me, that's a, just a very good way to, uh, to start businesses is based on your own personal need that most likely other people are, are looking for the same thing. Excellent. So, right. I, I know you've mentioned what hiring, onboarding, training, and managing, and really needing a process for that. And I, and I want to come back to that because I think that's so important for you who are listening to, to really work through those four areas. But, but even before that, I kind of want to pull back again and, and really just start thinking about, you know, how do I know if my business is going to benefit from virtual assistance, right? I'm running a dental practice or, you know, I'm involved in the dental industry. I've got a company. I'm trying to grow it and scale it. How do I know if virtual assistants are, are, are fit and how do I know if they can help me? What, what are some things that I can be thinking through? So unless you're, you're pre-revenue or you're just in the idea phase, and even then I would, I personally would utilize a virtual assistant to do research and, and help get stuff off the ground, but really any business, including dental uh, businesses, once they have a revenue stream and they have an actual business model, there, there's so many things you can do with virtual assistants from running your social media channel to doing lead generation to managing your billing and, and your clients in different ways. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is most people that are running even, let's say a dental practice, they're, they're probably very good at being dentists and maybe even running dental businesses, but there's so many parts of it that they're probably not that good at. I mean, when I started free up, I wasn't good at social media. I wasn't good at writing blog articles. So we, we were able to hire out for our weaknesses, which a lot of people don't realize as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to do. If you start a, a bakery and all you know how to do is bake, 
that bakery is going to fail pretty quick. You need all those other skills around you to make that business whole. And, and the, to me, that's just a big part of, of being an entrepreneur that a lot of people overlook. Wow. And I hope you paid attention to what Nathan just said there, because he, he said a phrase that's so powerful. You want to hire for your weaknesses, right? You want to hire for those areas that you may not be fully confident in. And, and maybe that's a good place for people to start, Nathan, is just thinking about, you know, what do I enjoy doing in my business? What am I good at in my business? And then what am I really weak at? And then start thinking about how can I plug those holes? Would you kind of recommend that as a starting point? Yeah. I mean, self-identification is incredibly important and we take it a step further. I mean, I have a business partner, Connor, that I've been working with for years and we have different strengths and different weaknesses. And there's certain things that I'm not good at that he'll do and, and vice versa. And then there's a list of things that both of us aren't good at, or both of us shouldn't be doing. And we hire for, for those things. So you have to take into account other people you have on your, your team. And, and some people listening right now might have us employees, let's say in, the, in their dental practice, and they might have people that are, are really good at whatever they do. But again, there's going to be holes. There's going to be weaknesses. There's going to be things that you shouldn't be taking your, the, your receptionist and saying, Hey, go run my Facebook page that those skills don't always translate. So you want to hire people that have the strengths of whatever the weaknesses are in your business. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you among dental practices, two of the, the big areas that I always see that, that are kind of weak are, you know, the marketing side of things really doing that social outreach. And then also just keeping a really good set, you know, clean set of books. So often the dentist is in there, you know, spending a Friday evening, making sure their QuickBooks is up to date. So, so those are kind of two areas. Are, are those areas that, that assistance, virtual assistance can, can help with? So billing is actually one of the first things I take off my plate when I start a new company. I need accurate numbers. I don't want to be responsible for making those accurate numbers. There's people out there that are way better at QuickBooks and bookkeeping than I am. So getting a VA in place to, to do all of that and just send you a report at the beginning of each week or the end of each month, to me, that makes your life so much easier as an entrepreneur. And you're, you're right. Anytime that you're spending away from your family or away from growing your business and you're in there on QuickBooks, that's not what you should be doing as an entrepreneur. That's not growing your business. It's not a good use of your time. Okay. So, so maybe that would be a fun little example to kind of walk through using that framing of hiring, onboarding, training, and managing. And, and we certainly can't go really in depth, but I think we can give everyone a, a high level overview of maybe what that looks like, right? Let's say you're looking for that, that bookkeeper for your dental practice. Oh my gosh, where do I even start, right? You know, you type in virtual assistants on Google and you're going to need a virtual assistant just to sort through all the results. So, you know, how do you start, start kind of putting this process together? So you start off with a job template. Uh, people that sign up for outsource school, they get our job templates that, that are ready to go. But you want a job template that, that accurately describes what the VA is getting into, what skills you need, but also what they're going to expect out of the job and, and more specifics because not everything's full-time. I've hired plenty of part-time bookkeepers. I have a bookkeeper right now who's part-time, and but she didn't go into it thinking it was a full-time job. She, she knew what she was getting into. So an accurate job description is step one. Uh, picking that marketplace or wherever you want to get VAs is step two. I, I like free up, but I'm obviously biased towards them. Um, so picking that is step two. From there, looking at the applicants and picking the best applicants to interview and putting them through what we call our care interview process, which stands for communication, attitude, red flags, and experience. And we do these interviews via Slack or, or some messaging tool. It doesn't have to be Slack. Uh, no videos, no Zoom, unless that has to do with the role. 
And we dive deep into what is their experience? We dive into who is this VA as a person? Like we want to, especially if they're handling our money and our books, we want to know that they have the right attitude, the right mentality, the right ownership of things that they do and how they communicate. Cause that, that's huge, especially when you're dealing with people at, at it in another country. And through that process, we're looking for the R, which is red flags. What is this person telling me that shows me they can't communicate in the way they, that I need them to, they don't have the attitude I want, or they don't have the experience that, that I need for this bookkeeping role. Wow. Yeah, no, so, so powerful. And another thing I, I hope you, you, you really caught on to that Nathan just said, and this to me was a, a big mind blowing shift. My first couple of times when I was working with VAs and hiring them, I would go through a lot of effort and set up Zoom meetings with people and, you know, try to try to do Skype or whatever, because I wanted to talk to them because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. But then, like you just mentioned, Nathan, you, you taught me how to use Slack and how to use these messaging tools. And at first I'm thinking, that's a little weird. But but what you stated, and I think is so powerful, is you want to communicate with people in the normal way you're going to communicate with them. And that's how you're going to communicate with a lot of your virtual assistants is using chat tools and using messaging tools. And I'll tell you, that interview process, I actually hired the first one I talked to because he was so good. And he's been with me several months now and doing a fantastic job, right? Just by by using the tools and using the process. Because, you know, I think what's so powerful about that is you see how quickly someone responds. You know, if you type a message and you're waiting five minutes for them to get back to you, that's a really bad sign. But if they're quick, if they're responsive, if they can communicate well, that's a great sign. So so such a powerful thing, right? (laughs) So you go through this. I love that. Create the job descriptions, right? Really be proactive and clear in what you're looking for. Then you get to the, the training piece. And, and then I think even more importantly is the, the managing piece. And, and, and once again, you, know, you lay this out step by step. You don't leave anything to, to guesswork in your course, which is why I love it so much. So, you know, kind of looking at, you know, some of the things that, that you've learned and, and those red flags you mentioned, what are some of the red flags that someone might want to watch out for when they're hiring? Yeah, I mean, talking about management, structure is key. I think a, a lot of managers, they're, they're always trying to send messages to people, where, whereas for us, it's, hey, we have meetings in the morning, we have team meetings each week, and outside of that, the VA has stuff that they're responsible for, and yeah, you might check in or get daily reports, but just having that structure is what actually saves you lots and lots of time. In terms of red flags, I mean, we, we anyone that's always focused on money, like that's a, a big red flag. You talked about um, not responding quickly. That's another. But I mean, we, we found that that people that are so focused on how much they can make and how do they get a raise and all that stuff tend to not be as passionate about what they're actually doing. And they're, they're always going to just take that high paying job offer, which is terrible for turnover and, and turnover kills businesses. So we look for, hey, why is this person a bookkeeper? Like, why do they actually like bookkeeping? Or are they just doing it to, to make some money and have, the more money they make, the better? Like, so th- that's a, another rig, big red flag that we look for. Okay, excellent. No, so, such powerful, powerful things. So, right, you know, now, now let's say you, you know, you got your practice, you, you've got that bookkeeper who's working really well for you. You've got someone maybe doing some social media management for you and outreach. And, and maybe you're, you know, a, a dentist who loves going out there and, and speaking. And so you've got a virtual assistant now helping you get booked on podcasts. And you've got three or four people doing different things for you. How do you start managing that, that team, right? Are, are you holding separate meetings with everyone? Are you bringing everyone together? How do you make that process easy? 
So we have a Monday morning meeting with everyone, all virtual assistants. Then each team has a meeting throughout the week. So customer service, sales, social media. And then we do one-on-one quarterly meetings um, once a quarter with each person. And what my business partner and I will do is we'll divide it up. So we'll take half the people, I'll take the other half. Um, and then if situations come up, like if it's a big project that you need to do a walkthrough of, or if someone's not performing, those are meetings that, that kind of come up. But for the most part, you're just doing the one team meeting a week and the one all hands on deck meeting a week, plus the, the one-on-one meeting each quarter. Wow. So, such powerful stuff. Now, you know, you've certainly worked with, with quite a few, right? We're not talking a, a small team that, that you've currently got. And, and in the past, we've worked with some rather large teams. Can you share a little bit, maybe what some of those challenges were when, when working with a larger team? <laughs> So we had a 40 person team at FreeUp. And I think one of the biggest challenges actually was our customer service was exploding because we were getting more customers, we were growing. And so at one point we had to hire eight customer service reps at the same time. We really only needed six, but we hired eight figuring that, hey, one or two may not work out, although we're pretty good at hiring. Once you start hiring that many people at once, there's always a chance that someone falls through for any reason. And if you need six people and you only hire six people and one falls through and let's say they fall through towards the end, then you're still short on customer service and it takes you forever to get that last person trained up. So we overhired. And then you also run into some issues too, because when you hire all the people at the same time, eventually you're going to need team leaders and assistant team leaders, but they were all hired together. So we learned a, a valuable lesson about kind of staggering hires. If we could do it over again, instead of hiring eight people in the same week, uh, we do like two, two, two following weeks. And that makes it a little bit easier to, to structure team leaders. It also puts a little pressure, less pressure on the team leaders to, to get everyone trained at the same time. Uh, a, a lot of times you want to avoid like group think, like training people in batches opposed to one-on-one -on -one training, uh, which, which can kind of show you who, who's doing well and who's doing not. But I mean, we've gotten to the point where we're very good at hiring teams and there's certain nuances that comes up in very specific situations. Usually when you have to hire a bunch of people in a short period of time that you, you get through and you work through, um, but, but there are things that you kind of look at your process. You're like, all right, next time I, I would do it a little bit differently. Okay, excellent. So, you know, I, I know one thing that, you know, you may be thinking if you're listening to this, I, and I know I certainly was concerned about this when I first started out, but what about security and, and confidential data? I mean, how trustworthy are the people that we're hiring and, and, and what does that vetting process look like, right? How do you, how do you protect stuff? So that's where the, the attitude comes in. When you find someone that has a great attitude that can communicate at a high level, a lot of those security concerns go out the window. I mean, bottom line, you have to be able to trust people as a business owner. If you're a business owner that doesn't trust anyone, that won't let anyone get access to things, you're not going to go very far. And yeah, trust comes with risk, but so does being an entrepreneur. And if you do everything you set yourself, you know where that ceiling is. You're only going to be able to get to a certain point. If you trust other people, you're able to scale your business a lot bigger. And you can do certain things to protect your business, like NDAs and LastPass and stuff like that. But the real way to protect your business is to build relationships with the VAs that you hire. And we've had VAs that have quit on us. We've had VAs that we fired. They didn't want to hurt us. We didn't want to hurt them because we built a great relationship with them. And, and to me, that's what it's all about. And I'll also say that the risk is a lot smaller than people think. The average virtual assistant cares so much more about providing for their family and keeping you as a client and having a stable job than they do about hurting your business in some way. And 
even if they stole your client list or got access to one of your things that they shouldn't have, like most of the time they won't even know what to do with it or how to actually make that, that benefit them in the long run. So that, that's something that I think people need to worry about less. Okay, excellent. No, and that's certainly been my experience of, of what I have found also is, you know, so many of the assistants I've been able to work with, they, they have that main concern at heart is they just want more freedom so they can spend time with the people they care about and they can build those amazing lives of significance for themselves. They're just looking for a good environment. They want to do good work and they want to take care of their families. To me, those are the best people to work with because that's what I'm trying to do. And I know that's what you're trying to do too, is, is to provide value to the world and, and take care of the people we love. Right. I, I 100% agree. And that's kind of our mentality. It's about caring and building relationships and, and actually trusting people. Yeah. Now, sometimes working with VAs, if you don't do this right, you can have a couple little things that may go sideways. And so, for example, you and I were talking before about a client that had actually hired a, a family of virtual assistants working together. And there was a little something that happened. What, what took place in that example? And what, were, what are some things we can learn from what you're about to share with us? Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson is diversification, especially if you're a newer entrepreneur, I wouldn't recommend hiring families or husbands and wives. I think with Connor and I, we're a little bit more advanced. We, we uh, hire really good VAs. When we hire someone and we know they're good, we're a little bit more trusting on their referrals, but that's not how I would necessarily start out. And we had a client, uh, Norman, He's a, he was a free up client, after school client. Um, he hired a, a family of VAs to run his Amazon agency and they were doing a great job. They knew Amazon, he skipped a little bit of training time and they were doing a great job for his clients. But one day he pissed off one person on that family and the entire family quit on him. And he lost his entire team in 24 hours. And that was devastating for him. And obviously he learned a very valuable lesson about diversity. And when, when you get to a point like that, you have to be able to hire people quickly. And that's really where outsource schools hiring process comes in. It's not just about hiring good people. It's about hiring good people fast. I mean, I'm very confident that if you spent 10 hours interviewing every single person, you'd probably have a good chance of hiring someone good, but the average entrepreneur doesn't want to do that. We want to do quick interviews and, and our, interview process allowed him to quickly hire five to 10 people from different families uh, that didn't know each other to replace his, the family that quit. And his business was not only stronger and better, but more diverse and more protected going forward. Yeah. Right. What, what a powerful lesson. And, you know, I, I want to talk about mindset a little bit here, because when you start working with virtual assistants, your mind does start opening up to, to all the possibilities that are out there. And so you know, what are some ways, right, as we as entrepreneurs are going about our day, can really kind of shift our minds to, to be thinking about, you know, how can we find the right people, right? What are the things we should be paying attention to in our day-to-day -day activities so that we can hire for the right roles and find those different things out there? So one thing that I wish I learned earlier as an entrepreneur is what my ideal day should look like. What should I actually be doing in every day? What order, what time? And so I map out my ideal day where I wake up and I do my most important thing right when I wake up. I end my day by two o'clock, three o'clock and because I, I like that freedom and spending time with my family. I do my podcast when I have a podcast that day. We, we do it in the afternoon. It's one o'clock Eastern time right now. So I like to not do it right when I wake up, but also not do it later on in the day. So I've kind of figured out what my ideal day looks like and what I should be doing. And when I find myself not having my ideal day or doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing, that's where I know I have to hire for it. I'm slowly writing those things down. I'm discussing them with my business partner and moving forward with, with virtual assistants. So that, that's very much a, what, what, what I try to do pretty consistently. Oh, 
Okay, so it's really thinking about your day. What are you focused on, right? Have you built that idea day? And, and when you deviate from it or you, you find yourself doing something else that, that really isn't your true passion or that you don't necessarily have the skill for, that may be a signal to think, hey, how can I hire someone to do this? Absolutely. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to our mind whenever we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. It's who can I hire? How quickly can I hire? How can I get this done? Excellent. So, you know, let's dive into maybe some of the personal results that, that you've seen just on your entrepreneurial journey in terms of working with VAs and how they freed up your time to, to focus on other things. So, so walk us through some of the personal results that you've been proudest of being able to achieve through your use of virtual assistance. Yeah, I mean, I, before COVID, I ran a business, I, ran, I run all businesses that are remote that I can be anywhere at any given time. I mean, I've, I've run my business from Europe and different places around the world, just traveling. I get, I'm able to spend time with my fiance and my family and not have to work Saturday nights. I, I have multiple real estate, I, I have different investments that I've gotten from, um, from businesses that, that I've run and I've had a decent amount of success there. So, I mean, it's really changed my life to the point where I can do whatever I want, whenever I want with whoever I want. And to me, that, that's what business is all about. You don't want to be a slave to your business where you're really just working a job and the business doesn't run without you and being able to, to hire and hire well is what makes the difference there. Wow. So, so powerful. And I, and it's even freed you up to kind of pursue some other things too, in terms of investing and looking for other companies to, to partner with. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on there? Yeah. So Connor, my partner and I, we have a company called HG Ventures. Uh, we invest in companies usually for minority ownership um, and come in with our resources, our team, our systems and processes and help them scale relatively quickly. So you kind of have a, a done with you or at a done for you option or, or sorry, a done, um, I don't know what you call it, but outsource school is if you want to do it yourself. Um, if you want us to get involved, we select uh, one company every quarter that, that we get involved with and help them scale. And so if you're interested in doing that, you can email me, Nathan at outsourceschool.com and we have an application, but we definitely wouldn't be able to do anything outside of our, our business outsource school if we didn't have an amazing team that ran it, that does our sales calls, does our live coaching calls in the group. And we're still involved there as well. Um, very involved, but it, it allows us extra time to, to focus on other passions and help entrepreneurs in different ways. Wow. Well, I, I couldn't think of a, a better time to, to share this message. Is this airs? Well, probably go out the, the end of this year, beginning of 2021, right? And what a great time to, to make a decision for you to, to really focus on what matters so that you can free up your time and, and focus on building that amazing life of significance. And so Nathan, any closing thoughts? How can we get a hold of you and, 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 and really you know, connect with the, the community that you've been building? Yeah. I mean, go to outsourceschool.com. You can check it out. You can grab a free trial. You can set up a call with someone on my team. Um, and uh, yeah, Nathan Hirsch on any social media channel. I'm pretty easy to follow. I'm always trying to put out good content and love chatting with other entrepreneurs. So feel free to reach out anytime. Excellent. And I will put a link in where, where you can follow this stuff and connect with Nathan, check out Outsource School and, and everything he's going on. Well, Nathan, thank you for being such an amazing guest. And I know I feel more empowered to, to go out there and achieve my most important goals because I've got confidence that I'll be able to free up my time by building and continuing to build that amazing team. So get out there, make it a great day. And don't just listen to this. We want you to implement these things because you can listen to these great ideas all day long, but if you don't do them, you're not going to get the benefits from them. And, and that's why we do these shows for you. If we want you to build that amazing life of significance so you can take care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and really, change the world for the better. I'm Tim McNeely. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Thank you.